0: This is Chapter 4, Descent of Sai Samarth in Shirdi My obeisance to Sri Ganesh, to Sri Saraswati, to Sri Guru Maharaj, to the family deity, to Sri Sitaramachandra, my most humble obeisance, I bow in reverence to the most venerable Guru, Sri Sainath. In the two chapters following the invocation of the Divine, the object of this book has been stated and for whom it is meant, and its relationship with the subject of the book has been sufficiently explained. Now listen to the reason why these saints have to descend on this earth. And in the other words, what is difficult task that necessitates the necessitates that incarnating in human form or on this earth? O oh, my revered listeners, I am but a speck of dust from your feet, and I am not ashamed of entreating you for the favor of your attention. Delightful indeed is the life story of a saint, and in that this is the nectar sweet story of Sai's life. May his faithful devotees drink to it deeply and be filled with joy. When the Brahmins disregarded the rules of conduct laid down by the Varanashram and the Shudras aspired to become Brahmins, when the Acharyas, the religious heads, are shown disrespect to the extent of trying to castigate them, when no one follows the religious precepts, everyone regarding regarding himself as learned and wise and each one trying to score over the others but no one prepared to listen to anyone, when there is a total disregard to what is proper or improper for use in general or as food and also as disregard to the code of conduct prescribed by religion, so that the Brahmins themselves consume meat and spiritual liquors openly in front of everyone, and under the cover of dharma secretly perpetuate oppression and tyranny, stroking the embers of hatred between religious sects, all of which exasperates the common folks. When the Brahmins serve the daily rituals of Sandhyasnana, Orthodox style of performing ceremonies and ritualistic rituals for the appropriation of gods and the yogis neglect yogic practice of chanting the name, meditation and penance, then the time is right for the appearance of saints on earth. When men look upon wealth, honor, wife and children as the only source of happiness and turn away from the spiritual path, then it is that saint appears on this earth. When people fail to attain the highest goal of human life due to the laxity in observing dharma, Then for the revival of dharma, the saints incarnate in human form. When people dissipate their energies in physical pleasure for the palate and sex to the detriment of health, longevity and prosperity and miss the chance of self- upliftment altogether, then the saints appear on this earth. For preservation of uh, Varanashram dharma and the eradication of unrighteousness, for the protection of the poor, the meek and the suffering, is the incarnation of saints on earth. Essentially, the saints themselves are emancipated souls engaged in the uplift of the meek and the lowly all the time. Their avatar or incarnation is only for the benefit of others, for they have no selfish interest. They lay down a firm foundation of renunciation around the shaky structures of the worldly life to erect the temples of spirituality, thus redeeming the devotees effortlessly. They accomplish their religious mission on the revival of dharma, thereby fulfilling their purpose, after which they give up their mortal coil. This is basically to tell you that every now and then, yeah, that's alright. Every now and then, whenever there is a dharma, a dharma in today's day and age is the brahmins have stopped following the path. The brahmins are the brahmins in where we can say that they have come from a particular superstructure. Now, these brahmins are no longer remaining brahmins, okay. they Most of them have turned atheist today. If you actually see, and uh, in the in last uh, few days time, there was this one particular book that got published in India. Okay, The uh, Hindus, uh, you know, the ancient uh, history of Hindus and all that, something like that. Uh, some foreigner has published this book. In that, she is mentioning, the person is mentioning that uh, there is no Sri Ram and there is no such uh, thing as Ramayana. Now we are Hindus, we have been following Sri Ram and Ramayan for you know so many life lifetimes of ours. And here we have somebody coming and talking about it. On top of it, there are a lot of these Indians who have gone and questioned the veracity of this. So there is a there is an organization in Delhi which went and did a dharna in front of this uh, uh, company. Okay. So what these people did was, they pulled the book out of the shelves, uh, the publishing company, and they have destroyed it. Now, there were a lot of these Hoi Poloi people in India, like our, uh, the, there is this Booker Prize winner, some lady, I don't even know her name. Uh, this lady and there are lots of people who have gone and said, why are they pulling out, there is no such thing as Ram in India. And we should allow this type of people to talk. First and foremost, the people hardly have any idea about this. Without having an idea, you cannot talk on subject matters like this. So most of these Brahmins and people like this have gone ahead. Without any understanding or knowledge, they have gone and said certain words. And most of them have turned atheist today's day and age, this is a very, very great phenomenon without knowing any subject, you cannot comment on that subject so again, Sri Ram, Ramayan, you need to first understand what we are talking about then only you can go and you know, comment on that subject matter so this is something which has happened so the Sai Baba's coming was also at a time when the Brahmins had forgotten all the prayers, the way things have to be done and There was complete adharma during that time. So, Because of that, he had to come. So, Jivatma, the individual soul, is the supreme spirit of God himself, who brings joy to the whole world. And God is the Guru himself, who confers happiness and will. He is also the abode of transcendent love. He is the constant, eternal and indifferentiated whole. He is beyond space, time and casualty and is... Indivisible. Speak of speech in all the four stages—that is, para, pasyanti, madhyama, and Vaikhari have failed to describe him. Nor have the Vedas, with their wisdom, have been able to do so, and have accepted defeat under the cover of neti, neti. The Shatadhar and the Shatshastra are shaved in their silence. The Puranas and the Kirtans too are exhausted in their attempts at description. Ultimately, the only means that is left is to make obeisance surrendering to him with all your satisfaction, speech and thought. Listen to the story of such a saint as Sai, which is filled with his marvellous leelas and sacred tales. May our ears be purified. He is the moving impulse of all the sense organs and has given me the inspiration to write this book. It is he on whose prompting this life story has come so effortlessly in an orderly manner. He dwells in the heart of all and moves at will in this universe within and without. Why then should I worry needlessly? As one recollects his many excellent qualities one after the other, the mind stands still. How then can words ever describe him? Absolute silence is the only way to describe. The nose smells the fragrance of a flower. The skin experiences the hot and cold touch. The eyes feast on beauty, each bring pleasure to itself. The tongue no doubt experiences the sweetness of sugar, but cannot convey the experience to others. In the same way, I know not how to describe the virtues of sight. Only when the Sadguru himself so wishes, he will inspire his own chosen ones to describe most aptly and in great detail that which is otherwise beyond description. These words are not superficial, a mere formality, but spring from the feelings of the heart since I crave your respectful attention. As Gangapur and Narsim, Narsimachiwadi and Audambar and Millawadi, so is Shirdi, a famous place of pilgrimage on the banks of the holy river Godavari. Oh, for the sacred banks of the Godavari and how holy waters! Oh, for the cool breeze that plays on the surface! These expel the darkness of ignorance from the worldly life indeed. The greatness of the Godavari, which is so well known in the whole world, is most impressive. Great saints, one more eminent than the other, came from there. Many are the places of pilgrimages on the banks of this Gomati, which are described in the Puranas. The water from which not only washes away the sin, but also liberates from the sorrow of the life when drunk or bathed in. The same Godavari as she winds her way to Kopargaon in the Kopargaon-Taluka uh, subdivision in the Ahmednagar district, guides the pilgrims to Shirdi. Crossing over to the opposite sides of Godavari, as the Tonga enters Nimgaon, which is about six miles away from the river bank, Shirdi comes into sight right in front. Nivritti, Nyanadev, Muktabai, Namdev, Janabai, Gora, Gunai, Tukaram, Narahari, Narsibai, Sajan, Kasai, Savtamali, Gardner. These have been saints of yore and saints that have even in the recent past, these virtuous saints have gathered the world, regarded the world as one family and have been the refuge of the afflicted and the suffering. The great saint Ramdas left the bank of Godavari to appear on the bank of river Krishna for the salvation of this world. In the same way, Sri Sai, the greatest among yogis, appeared near Godavari by the great good fortune of Shirdi and for the deliverance of the world. Paris, or the uh, philosopher's stone turns a piece of iron into gold by its touch and the analogy of the paris is used to describe the saint but so remarkable are the ways of the saint that they transform their devotees completely raising them to their own exalted state see here they have written over here that it is next to impossible to describe a saint because what is he why has he come from we just now heard it Uh, like uh, one day y'all asked me what was the current need of the hour the need of the hour is to even Sri Krishna has said that in the same lines you know to put the dharma back in place today when there is a lot of adharma going on what is the adharma adharma is that which is going wrong against this yuga There is something going to happen and that is going against the vein. so we have to put the thing back in place and that is the reason why the saints and sages come also What is the current need of the hour? The current need of the hour during the time of Sai Baba was to establish this particular religiosity, religiousness. People had completely lost because the forefathers, like today's day and age, most of the parents are not in a position to teach their children about spirituality. They don't know. Because they don't know, they cannot teach. And if you cannot teach your own children spirituality, how will they know? They will also grow in an atmosphere where they hardly understand anything. For them, it is uh, cartoon network to all these, you know, Superman, Spiderman and all these Batman. For them, that is God. And maybe animes and all this. So, we don't know. So, according to them, that is their God. Uh, After seeing Star Wars, people came up with a completely different kind of uh, God, you know. So, let the force be with you. so what is this force with you, nobody knows. So to put the things back on rails, this is very, very important. So like that he is describing the various saints and sages who had come along the way. And this Godavari river, I think we have taken the story of Godavari long back. Earlier it, it's it's a part and parcel of this. It goes from Nasik also. Nasik is the place where they have the, one of the very famous uh, Trembakeshwar. I am sure you must have heard of this place. Trembakeshwar is a very famous location where the uh, Shivji's uh, link is there. It is right inside the earth. It is not outside. It is not somewhere outside that you can see. When you see from top, you can see it maybe about three or four storeys down. So it is so deep inside. Yeah, my has grown up in Nasi. Good. Very nice to hear. Nazi used to be very close to us because uh, I used to go there very often. Okay. Anyway, coming back to this, now he is talking about Paris. Paris is that magic stone, you know, where you rub against something and that becomes uh, the iron becomes gold. So that is what he is talking about. Transcending all distinctions to see the Brahma reflected in the entire universe, animate and inanimate, to regard the glory of this creation as the undivided glory of Brahma. But in this way, when the true knowledge, the realization that the whole universe is nothing but I am, that I am, comes, who comes who can then describe the glorious feeling of joy that it will bring? He, the seeker, will attain to a high state of purity and goodness. When such oneness of the self with the universe is experienced, so that nothing is known which is other than the self, then to whom can one be hostile and of whom afraid? As Damaji of Mangalveda, Veda, Samartha Ramdas at Sajjangarh, Narsimha Saraswati at Wadi, and so was Sayinath, the saint of Shirdi. By the way, all these people existed during the same time, more or less the same time. Okay, And um, Samartha Ramdas, I, I think we have already done about him. Narsimha Saraswati is the person who is there in that uh, Guru Charitra, like I said yesterday. You know, there is uh, my, one of my, uh, my Guruji's uh, book. So that is there. Extremely difficult to accomplish, to come over, crossover to this worldly life, is he who has conquered it, is adorned by peace, who is the treasure of knowledge personified. A retreat from the Vaishnavites, the most benevolent among the benevolent, Karna incarnate in bestowing spiritual wisdom, such is this Sai, the quintessence of truth. Without attachment to the transient, absorbed totally in the self, and intent on attaining the highest goal of human life, how can the state of his being we describe the worldly state holds for him no prosperity or poverty nor does he rejoice or grieve for the pleasure of other world his inner being is crystal clear as a mirror the speech always a shower of nectar he in whose eyes a king and a pauper the poor and the meek are all equal who knows not respect or disrespect towards his own self he is himself the all preserving pervading god he moves and converses with the common folks and watched with them the dancing and the gesticulating of the Murilis. He nodded in appreciatively as he listened to the songs and guzzles, and yet his samadhi was unperturbed. Allah's name constantly on his lip is a sign to recognize him. In the dark night of all beings he awoke to the light and what was day to the others was night for him. Inwardly he was tranquil as the sea. To which ashram stage of life he belonged? was something beyond human speculation, for he followed no code of conduct laid down for specific ashrams. Usually he does not leave his place and yet he knows everything that is happening everywhere. Although outwardly he held a splendid darbar regularly and related a thousand and one stories, yet inwardly he was committed to silence. Leaning against the wall, he would stand and he would go on his rounds morning and afternoon to the Lendi or Chavdi. Yet the state of self-absorption was constant. I know not in which birth, or in what occasion, at what time, and in what manner I must have undertaken penance, that Sai should have taken me under his wing thus. Wicked from birth that I am, how can I ever claim this to be the fruit of my penance? Nay, it is Sai himself who loves the me and the lowly, and surely this is nothing but his grace. Though born a Siddha, his behaviour was that of a sadhaka or seeker. By nature, unconceited and very humble. He strove to please all, as Ekanath to Paitan, Nanishwar to Alandi, and so did Sri Sai bring glory to the soil of Shirdi. Without, bless, blessed are the stones and the blades of grass in Shirdi, which without effort kissed Baba's feet every day and held the sacred dust from his feet in their head. Shirdi itself is our Pandarpur, Shirdi our Jagannathpuri, Puri, our Dwarka. Shirdi alone is our Gaya, Kashi. Vishveshwar and even our Rameshwar is in Shirdi. Shirdi alone is our Badri Kedar and our Nasik Trimbakeshwar, Ujjain Mahakaleshwar and also Mahabaleshwar Gokarna. So I, uh, I don't know how many of you all have actually gone to Mahabaleshwar Gokarna. This is not that Mahabaleshwar that, uh, that Gokarna that we are talking about which is over here. There is another Gokarna close to Mahabaleshwar. Mahabaleshwar is uh, somewhere in Maharashtra not in Karnataka. Sai's sacred company in Shirdi is our Agam and Nigam. This itself is the assuagement of our sufferings and pain of the worldly life and the easiest way to deliverance. Samartha Sai's darshan is for us the yoga sadhan, and conversing with him is the washing away of our sins. Pressing his feet softly is as the sacred bath as the confluence of the three rivers, Ganga, Yamuna and Saraswati. And partaking of the holy water of his feet means the eradication of all desires. His command to us is an aphorism on the Vedas or a gospel truth. Uh, Mega, this thing is on. Uh, just mute it. Uh. His command is to us is an aphorism of the Vedas or a gospel truth. And eating his Udi and Prasad is sanctifying in every sense of the word. Sai alone is to us the Supreme Brahma. In him is our highest goal of human life. Sai himself is Sri Krishna, Sri Ram and our eternal refuge. Sai is beyond the pair of opposites such as joy, sorrow, anger, and love, etc. He is never elated or depressed, he is always absorbed in the cells and forever the ultimate reality. But Shirdi is only the centre from which emanated Baba's influence very widely to Punjab, Kolkata, Gujarat, or to Deccan, to Karnataka, all over India. Sai, uh, Sai Samadhi Hidd is the place for the gathering of all saints. Whereas one makes one's way, the bondage of worldly life breaks down at every step. A mere darshan of this samadhi is truly a fulfillment of the human birth. How then can I describe the great good fortune of those who have spent their entire lives in his service? On the mosque and on the wada, rows of beautiful flags flutter high up in the sky as if beckoning the devotee with his hands. Baba became renowned as Mahant or Sadhu, and his fame spread from village to village. Some prayed to him, taking vow with true faith. Some gained peace of mind by his darshan alone. Whatever the thoughts in anybody's mind, be they pure or vile, their mind experienced peace and calm by his darshan. In their hearts, people were simply amazed. The same marvelous experience of the darshan of Vithal Rakmai in Pandarpur was given by Sai Baba to his devotees in Shirdi. Should anyone think this is exaggerating, exaggeration, let them hear the words of Gauli Bhua, a dedicated devotee of Vithal, to remove their doubts. He was a varkari from Pandharpur, who, out of his devotion to Baba, came to Shirdi once a year as regular as he went to Pandharpur. With a donkey for a companion, a disciple, Bua, set out on the pilgrimage with a constant chant of Krishna Hari on his lips. Ninety-five years of age, he spent the Chaturmas on the banks of the Ganga and the remaining eight months at pandharpur which made it possible for him to meet Baba once a year during these journeys. Gazing into Baba's face, he would become humble and with exclamation, This truly is Pandarinat incarnate, the refuge of the friendless and destitute, the all-merciful one. Does one become a saint merely by wearing a dhoti with a silk border? No, indeed. Here one has to wear out one's bones, turns one's blood into water by one's own arduous effort. How can one become God for nothing? But truly he, Sai, alone, he alone is Pandari Rao. With a f- firm belief that this world is illusory, perceive the divinity behind it. When such was the words of the great devotee of God, who is dedicated to the worship of Pandarinar, then what experience can a base lowly creature like me have? Let the listeners experience this for themselves. With his great fondness for chanting God's name, Baba reported Allah Malik ceaselessly and would often make his devotee hold a Naam Saptaha in front of him which would go on day and night continuously. Once Das Ganu was commanded to start an arms Saptaha and Das Ganu said yes but Vithalmas appears to me. Now uh, just for understanding uh, Pandharpur is a place which is very famous. Now Pandharpur what people do is on the start the day of Chaturma, Chaturmas, Chaturmas I am sure you must have heard of. These are the four months where all the saintly people they go and stay on the bank of a particular river at a particular place and then they don't go away from there. They stay there for four months. This was practiced from the times of Gautam Buddha. The reason why they used to practice was during this time the waters used to get flooded all over the place and uh, there were a lot of diseases during that time. Waterborne diseases were spreading quite a lot. So they would rather stay on a, uh, on a bank somewhere high up so that they do not get those kind of diseases and that is the reason why this Chaturmas came into effect so all these Varkaris, Varkaris I am sure you must have seen they will wear that sweta and they will wear those you know, colourful turbans and all if you have seen say National Geographic or one of those channels they go singing songs to Pandarpur Pandarpur is uh, Vithal Rakmai, temple is over there and uh, they will stay over there for many months together taking darshan and there is a river called Chandrabhaga. Chandrabhaga is like a moon it's like this a moon shaped river now, this river has become famous because this is the river in which uh, Tukaram's Abhangs were immersed you know they were thrown inside and the goddess herself comes out and gives those Abhangs back to him saying that you don't have to do this you can take them back and uh, this is, as I told you last time, he is an avatar of Narad Muni. So, this place is very famous. Similarly, in the same way, Sai Baba's appearance over here, he had a very great devotee by the name of Das Ganu. Das Ganu was very famous for his poetry and for his singing, Kirtan, Bhajan Kirtan he used to do. Now, there were many places around Maharashtra where he would travel on his feet. And his story is also there later on. We will come to know about how he became that. So now he is also starting his Naam Saptaha. Naam Saptaha basically means you know, this uh, you have these various names. I am sure you must have this uh, Vishnu Sahasranam, thousand and thousand one names of God. So you keep on rattling them one after the other, and you can have a week long session of those. It's a, something like uh, it's a practice which you can follow. But then in today's day and age, people hardly know how to read those names also. They'll say, Oh, no, like I can't read most of the names over here. <laughs> you will find that it becomes extremely tough and difficult for people to read those. So, in today's day and age, very simple name, that which is called a Khan Mantra, if it is given by your Guru, very nice. You can just say those words, and that is all that is needed. Again. Khan Mantra is something which cannot be given to every person. So, if you are fortunate enough to get a Khan Mantra from your Guru, that is the best thing that has happened to you. Okay? And Khan Mantra from some Guru who has... I mean, today it is like a cell phone. It is not like that. You cannot distribute it. It is not available in some store. The lineage is very important. The Guru has to be the right kind. The mantra has to come from the right source then only it will have value so we'll continue laying his hand on his heart baba said peremptorily, yes yes vital will appear in form before you only the devotee must have faith enough dhankapuri that is dakor in gujarat or dakurnath or pandarpur or vital or dwarka of rancho everything is in shirdi itself these these are various places where Krishna's appearance happened, by the way, you will see. Dakor in Gujarat, okay, Pandarpur, Vithalraya, Dwarka. These are all the places where Krishna's appearance has happened. So all these places you will be able to see in Shirdi. After all, is Vithal going to appear from a secret place? Moved by the intense love for his devotees, he will incarnate in this very place for you by his devoted service to the old parents. Pundalik had won the lord of lords, who stood resting on a single brick, just for the love and devotion of Pundalik. Pundalik is the person responsible for the very great place that I was just now speaking of, Pandharpur, okay? The Pandharpur Krishna is known by a name, his name is Vitoba. Vit means brick, somebody who stands on the brick. Baha means father, father who is standing on the brick, okay? So, that is why he is called Vithala. Vith vit. vit means brick. So, what happened is, Pundalik threw a brick at him. And said, you stand on this for some time. After I finish uh, taking care of my parents, I will come and take care of you. And that's how the brick came into the picture. So, <clears throat> and so as the sapta came to an end, it is said that Das Ganu did have Vithal Darshan in Shirdi itself. So much for the truth of Baba's words. Once, Kaka Sahib Dixit was sitting in meditation after his early morning bath, as was his daily practice, when he had the darshan of Vithal. Later, when he went for Baba's darshan, see the wonder of what Baba said to him. So Vithal Patil had come, isn't it? And you did meet him, I am sure. But mind you, this Vithal is very elusive. Hold on to him fast and fix him in place, forcibly, or else he will give you the slip. If you are inattentive, even for a moment. This is just the incident of the morning. While later in the day, as the sun came overhead at noon, see how there is yet another proof of the glor- glorious vision of Vithal. Someone from another village came to Shirdi, bringing with him quite a few pictures of Vitthoba Pandrapur, with the intentions of selling them. And Dikshit was simply amazed to find that the exact replica of the Vithal who had appeared to him during his meditation that morning. Baba's words at once came to his mind. With great love, Dikshit bought one of the pictures paying the price of the seller and with great devotion installed it for puja. Incidentally, uh, today in the afternoon I was asked this, uh, this particular incident. Whether it is possible to have darshan of the Lord? I think there are lots of people in this group who have actually had physical darshan of the Lord. I am sure, you know, uh, if you go back in time you will remember that time when you physically saw the lord in front of you what happens during that time let me tell you what exactly happens there is a lot of activity that happens in the body first and foremost you are completely lost you don't know what is actually happening to you okay we say bhaan harapale marathi mein abhi uska english mein kya translation hai? malum nahi so bhaan <laughs> means our mind has gone away somewhere we don't even know the hairs are standing at end we are crying. For what reason? Don't know. I still remember Raj crying for one hour. I still remember Padma jumping up and down. <laughs> and Aparna had to restrain her. She had to put her hand behind and pull her down. I am sure you all remember this. Uh, this uh, happened in uh, uh, that place. What is that? Hmm. I forgotten, Kolkata Calcutta somewhere. Oh. And there are many others who have also experienced different, different experiences, at their yeah. So, many places people have this experience. We have experience, but most of the time we may not remember it. The experiences happens in various ways, you know. You will find that that particular divinity or that particular person appears to us. See, when the divine appears please understand that all your senses your mind and your body is not attuned to them okay if you think that with your these eyes you are going to see something you are mistaken because the experience itself is not connected to the senses or the mind or the body so that is the reason why after the experience is over, you, it's impossible to say what exactly happened. You may just start crying. The only external expression is crying. You will find that maybe you will start crying, maybe you will start laughing, maybe you'll start, uh, you will know, start singing something, or your hand and your body is filled with you know, horribulations. Something like that keeps on happening. So, that is the reason why it is impossible to say you know with very firm conviction what exactly happened it could be in the form of a dream it's like uh, i was telling uh, guru a story Uh, this uh, in this story i told him how things happened and yet they did not happen nobody knew in this particular story which i was telling him um, i told him that uh, one day i was given uh, a call by my guru and told now go to Mumbai and uh, tell this person in Mumbai that from today onwards you are supposed to start teaching I was telling people about it. So I said fine and that was my order, my command was given. So I went all the way to Mumbai. Now when I landed in Mumbai something strange was there. So I went to this person's house. I saw him get out of a running bus. I'm going to tell you the story in very short. He got out of this running bus and uh, he came and he said Rao how are you? and all that and I said see I have got one message for you. He says no 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 before you tell me the message I'll tell you what now I was meeting him after a very very long time. Since I was meeting him after a very long time, he said, See I'll let me fill you up with what has happened. And then he told me that few years ago he met with a massive accident and put him in a coma. And then from the coma, how he got out of it, he had got caught in a landslide in the Himalayas. And the khachar and everybody, everything, the whole mountain crashed on top of him and he went into a coma. From the coma he got out of it and thereafter he started, you know, he couldn't move his legs or hands or anything like that. With his eyes he could do something, then with his fingers he could do something, after that his feet, then his hands and so on and so forth, and after two or three years he started walking, and finally when I saw him that day he was he was getting out of a running bus, so <laughs> he came to that condition. So he, I asked him, "Tell me what? How did this happen?" So he said, um, "I was able to cure myself." So he said, "I have to go back in time, and I have to tell you a story." So the story was this: He says that uh, I was stand, I had gone to, I had taken a trek lot of people to the Himalayas so one day early in the morning this happened before this incident okay so he said that when I was uh, standing outside admiring the great mountains which I was going to climb somebody tapped me so I turned behind to see there was one Sadhu Baba standing over there the Baba told him you have to come with me and so this person went with him And when he went with him, he took him for many, many days. They walked and walked and walked. And they reached a cave where they saw a lot of people over there practicing some things. And the guru over there called out to him and said, See, you have come over here so that you are supposed to take a training. And then for many months, he was given fantastic training in all kinds of healing arts. Then when his training got over, when the training got over, he was told now is the time for you to now go. But before you go, everything that you learnt over here you are going to forget. And when the time is right, you will remember that. So the person who had brought him over there, the now took him, started taking him back. So he brought him back to the same place where they had started, to the same spot and left him there and suddenly he he heard people calling out to him and said come on let us get for the morning you know climb. Think about it what actually happened the entire 7, 8 or 9 months that he had passed had happened in a jiffy like this. He was standing in the same place looking at the same mountain and 7, 8 months had passed But he was back into the same place where he started. So what happened was he had completely forgotten about this. So when he was in the coma and when he was getting out of it, he remembered the entire story of what had happened. And remembered what this particular Swamiji, this Guru had taught him. And he started applying the same thing on himself. And he cured himself up. Yes, he cured himself And finally, when I was standing in front of him, I told him, today my guru has told you to do something. And that something is to propagate whatever that you have learned." So from that day onwards, he started teaching the world about how to do all kinds of yogic exercises and cure themselves and so on and so forth. Now, how this could have happened? It's a very strange experience. But it happens. And that is the reason why I said, please do not use your mind or your body, or your senses, in trying to decipher or understand what these experiences are. Because if you try to use your mind in this, you are not going to find the solutions over there. So, so we will continue. Once Kaka Sahib Dixit was sitting in meditation after his early morning bath, as was his daily practice, when he had the darshan of Vithal. Later, when he went for Baba's darshan, see the wonder of what Baba said to him. So Vithal Patil had come, isn't it? And did you meet him? I am sure. But mind you that Vithal is very elusive. Hold on to him fast and fix him in place forcibly or else he will give you the slip. If you are inattentive even for a moment. And this happens to every human being by the way. If we do not have any intention of getting into this particular world, we will lose that entire thing that happened to us. So you have to hold on to the feet of that particular lord. Then only you will understand what it is it's all about. But this is just the incident of the morning, while later in the day, as the sun came overhead at noon, see how there was yet another proof of the glorious vision of Vithal. Someone from another village came to Shirdi, bringing with him a few pictures of Vitoba Pandapur with the intention of selling them and Dikshit was simply amazed to find them the exact replica of the Vithal who had appeared to him during his meditation that morning. Baba's words at once came to his mind. With great love, Dikshit brought one of the pictures, paying the price to the seller. With great devotion, he installed it for Puja. Listen now to yet another fascinating story, which once again, brings out Sai's reverence towards the worship of Vital. One Rao Shir Sagar, whose fa- father was a great devotee of Vithal, <coughs> used to go to Pandrapur very often. There was an idol of Vittal for daily puja in his house. But after the father's death, Puja, food offerings, everything stopped and at that annual rites and ceremonies for the dead ancestors were forgotten. Not a word was even uttered about the annual visit to Pandrapur. When Bhagavant came to Shirdi, Baba remembered his father saying, he was my friend. And since he Rav is the son of that friend, I have dragged him over to Shirdi. He makes no food offerings to the gods anymore. He keeps me hungry too. Even tal he has kept without food. So have I brought him to Shirdi, I shall now remind him everything and thus make him perform the daily puja. On one occasion, knowing him how it was specifically opportune time for the Parvakal, Das Ganu wished to take a dip in the river at Prayag and came to Baba for his permission. Baba replied that there is no need for to travel so far, for that Shirdi left itself our Prayag. Let there be firm faith in your mind. And, and indeed, what a marvel of marvels! Even as he placed his hand on Baba's feet, water trickled down from both his toes. The twin streams of the holy Ganga and Yamuna oozed out in a trickle. At the sight of the miracle, Das Ganu was choked with emotion. How great was Baba's favour! It moved him to tears of joy and gratitude. Love brimmed up in the heart and stirred him to poetic utterances, which found its satisfaction only after describing Baba's boundless power and incomprehensible Leela's in verse. Charming is this Das Ganus Pada and to satisfy the listener's eager desire to hear it, I give here at this appropriate juncture, the sublime song as promised earlier. Uh, You know, last month when I was talking about that place, which is uh, in North India, which I said, which is very, very important, which will remain even after this Yuga is coming to an end, that is called Prayag, by the way, that's the name. (laughs) (laughs) So here we got the name. So the pada pada is o sadguru boundless is your power marvelous your leelas to ferry the dull and the ignorant against the ocean of life you are forever the ark very Madhavi you became and brought prayag at your feet only to make ganga and yamuna flow from your toes the lotus brown brahma the consort of vishnu Lakshmi, uh, Lakshmi vishnu shivahar shankar the quintessence of the three gunas you have yourself become o sai samarth as you walked onto the earth wisdom of brahma pours out of your words sometimes Sometimes you assume the terrible form of Shiva to show Tamas. Like Sri Krishna, you indulge sometimes in childish pranks, and at times you are a fabled swan in the lake of the devotee's heart. If a Muslim sandwood paste was like Hindus dear to you, but if a Hindu, how happily you stayed away in always in the mosque. To call you wealthy, but you went your rounds begging for alms, and should you be a fakir, your munificence have put even Kubera to shame. If the mosque be your abode, there is always fire burning in the dhuni to provide Udi to the people from dawn of gather the faithful to worship you. Till the sun is at zenith and the midday Arti is performed. All around the devotees stand as a, as a divine attendant of God holding the chamar, to wave softly over your head. Cornets resound, clarion makes melody, the bell rang aloud as the Chopdar I impress you with his bell stands at the door proclaiming your glory. On the resplendent seat your lord Vishnu during Arti. But you are Shankar, destroyer of Cupid, as you stand before, sit before the dhuni in the evenings. Such leelas of the trinity we experience in you day after day, O Sai Baba. Even so, my mind wanders idly. To study it, it is all I pray to you now. Wildest among the wild, a great sinner that I am seeking refuge at your feet, I come avert the threefold affliction of Das Ganu, O Guru Raya. This is basically a poetry which he had written on the spur of the moment. Das Ganu was known, very, he was very famous for doing this. So he is a pada. It's a, it's a poetry basically, which she could sing on a, a chipadi and a ektare. People go to the Ganga to wash away their terrible sins, while Ganga herself takes refuge at the saint's feet to cleanse her own sins. Leaving Sai's holy feet, we need not go on pilgrimage to the Ganga or Godavari. It is enough to listen to the hymns to a saint, this fascinating story of Sai with a devout heart. Just as by good fortune, Gonai found Nama, Nama in the Bhima river and Tamil found Kabir in an oyster shell in the Bhagirathi. So also, Sri Sainath first appeared to his devotees in Shirdi village under a neem tree at the tender age of 16. Even at his first appearance, he was Bhammanyani, untouched even in his dreams by sensual desire. Maya he had abandoned totally and moksha rolled at his feet. In which country, which righteous family or in which parental abode Baba took birth, this no one knew. None knew his antecedents, who was his father or whose mother All were exhausted asking him questions, but none were wiser for any all that. Abandoning mother and father, friends and relations, caste and descent, renouncing the whole worldly life, he appeared in Shirdi to benefit of the people. An old lady of Shirdi, Nana obdar's mother, would often talk about the marvel of Baba's ways and of his behaviour. In the beginning, she said, this lad, fair and handsome, was first seen sitting calmly in deep meditation under a neem tree. When they saw this comely youth, people were quite astonished to see him performing such arduous penance at the tender age, so much so that the scorching heat or bitter cold were to him the same. Such tender age, and oh, what severe austerity! The villagers were simply amazed to see it. People from the neighbouring village thronged sheared to have the boy's darshan. Company he kept none during the day, nor was he afraid of anything or anyone by the night. Which? Where could this lad have come from, was one question that puzzled everyone's mind. So comely was his face, so handsome the form looking at him low, love welled up in the heart. He never visited anyone, but remained near the neem tree day and night. Everyone was quite mystified. How extraordinary was this lad, such tender age, so sweet and youthful a countenance, and how he would stay out in the open day and night, outwardly but a young boy yet yet in his demeanor. He surpassed even the greatest among men, the very incarnation of perfect renunciation. They could not stop wondering. A strange thing happened one day. A few persons were possessed by the spirit of the deity, khandoba In their frenzy, they started puffing and gasping and panting, emitting loud, deep sounds. So people began to ask him questions, to which fortunate parents does this boy belong? From where and how he has come up here? Oh khandoba at least you find the answers for us. One of them said to the god, and the god said, Go, get a hoe, and strike at the spot that I show you. Strike here with your hose, and you will get your answers about this land. Then in the same spot, near the enclosing wall of the village, under the same neem tree, they struck blow upon blow with their hose, till they came upon some brick. The layer of brick over, they found an underground cell, with four metal lamps burning in it, the entrance of which was closed by a cornstone. The cell was paved with limestone and contained a wooden steel, a go with a beautiful low rosary. And the god said, for 12 years, this boy undertook penance at this spot. All the people were wonderstruck at this and started playing the boy with probing questions. But the lad was full of playful mischief and he told them a story altogether different. This is my guru's teeth, he said, and my most sacred legacy. Listen to me this once and preserve it as it is. And so said Baba and the listeners who were present. But why is this? My tongue moved to say that Baba was giving it in a different turn. I was amazed at myself. Why should I think in such terms about Baba? But now I have realized that this must have been his spontaneous sense of humor. Baba dearly loved a joke. Maybe the cell was his own dwelling. But what does one lose in saying that this is the Guru's? How, how, is it important, how does its importance suffer? And so, on his order, the cell was once again sealed as his Guru's seat by restoring the bricks to the former position. The neem tree was to Baba as great as sacred as the Ashwatta, people, or outumber tree. He loved the neem tree dearly and greatly revered it. Malsapati and other residents of Shirdi village bowed to this place as the samadhi of Baba's Guru. It is common knowledge among the villagers that Baba sat near this samadhi in meditation, observing total silence for a period of 12 years. Sattasai, one of Baba's devotees, acquired the land all around it, along with the samadhi and the neem tree, and raised a building with four verandas connected to the center. This building, this very wada, was originally the common residence of pilgrims, forever crowded with comings and goings of the visitors. Now I just give you an idea about this place. Uh, what was there in the last page was this particular incident about Khandoba. Now Khandoba is one of the avatars of Shivji. Now this is the netherworld avatar by the way. This is not the normal avatar of Shivji. This is, this is an avatar which is a, which is a, a deadly kind of a thing. Okay, Like you have the um is called. Like you have various other avatars that you find in various other places. This was uh, a negative sort of an avatar. And normally what happens is, you will find that in villages, you have these people, they say no, ki um, uske, uh, uske body mein devi and all that. A person starts talking and he starts uh, as if some god or something has come inside that person and the person keeps on speaking. So what happens is, one person, he has this Khanderayas uh, being inside of him. So people want to know about Sai Baba. Okay, so they ask him questions, and this person starts answering. So Khanderaya is this particular Shivji avatar. He starts talking, and he gives them the idea. That this place. Now there is a neem tree, by the way, in Shirdi. It is called Gurustan, a place where his guru lives. So Gurustan is a place. Just, uh, just above that is a neem tree. The neem tree has got two kinds of leaves. One is sweet, and one is that uh, kadwa. Neem is always kadwa, you know. So you will find that these these leaves, if you get, if you taste them, you'll find that one of them will be sweet, and one of them will be kadwa. So, under this tree, Baba used to sit always. He was 16 year old at that point in time. So, when they asked, when they started digging over there, they found there was an underground cell. An underground cell. And in that, they found this holy book was open and there were four lamps were burning by the way. The people asked him, what is all this about? So he said, this is my guru's seat, this is a place where I am taught. And then later on he instructed the people of the village to kindly close it up and cover it up. It is said that today, under the Neem tree, this particular place is still there. But people don't know about it. Now, somewhat a similar experience was there I, many years ago. I had gone to a place which is the Samadhi of Jnaneshwar Santanyaneshwar, you must have heard of it so Santanyaneshwar what what he did was exactly like Jesus Christ you know he took a Jivanta Samadhi that means he had dug up a very huge cave like with no entrance, nothing, nothing, nothing and then there was a very huge stone put on top of the mouth over there and he went into a deep samadhi inside after some time people opened that stone and they found that there was nothing inside nobody was there inside now where did this person go nobody has any clue about it so you will find that nyaneshwar samadhi is still over there the day i went to that particular temple I had his and Tukaram's darshan. Tukaram, by the way, and between Nyaneshwar there is a 400 years difference. I saw these people sitting, on. there is a tabut, there is a a high ground over there. I saw these people sitting and arguing with each other. Arguing does not mean arguing. They were literally uh, talking in very strange language. I just went near them and I could hear them speaking a little bit here and there after that after some time i saw that they are too busy so i walked away from there and i then the place was closed so when the place was closed and there was a very huge queue this happened sometimes in the afternoon so i said but i had to take a darshan so i went to nyaneshwar samadhi and there was this gentleman he says to me please come inside and i was the only person inside with one uh, husband wife couple so I went inside and I had a very long darshan over there and I came out of that place. So when I came out of that place, I said to Nyaneshwar, I said, you know what, I need something from you just now. Because I have to remember this beautiful day that I saw you. So can you give me your chadar? So <laughs> there was this person standing in front of me and I told him, I want Naneshwar chadar, if you can give me. And he said, of course. Please come with me. And he took me to a place and such a beautiful chadar, he gave it to me. I told him, do you want some money? He says, no, I don't want anything. And that chadar is still with me, by the way. If any any of you want to come and see, you can see. If you smell it, you can still get the beautiful smell from that particular place. It is full of fragrance. It is full of that beauty. And that is Nanishwar Samadhi and these kind of experiences do happen so when uh, the story of uh, sai baba's uh, you know guru's uh, gurusthan came into the picture gnaneshwar's uh, his brother's gurusthan was something like this only it was inside a cave and Nyaneshwar's guru is the same as the nath pantis you know the, just now we were talking about it Nath Sampradaya, people from that. Now, even if you see Sai Baba is from the same lineage, that is why he is called Sai Nath. Okay, Nath Sampradaya, the Sai Baba's name is always Om Sri Sacharanda Sadguru Sainath Maharaj Ki Jai. That Nath is there, no? That is Nath Sampradaya. So, all these people, including Naneshwar, all come from Nath Sampradaya. So, I am also from the same lineage as my guru is also Dathathrai, who is the highest of the Nath. Okay, so just a small story for you all. So, uh, should we be able to finish it or uh, I mean those, uh, it's, it will take me another 5-7 five, five, minutes, is that okay? All right. Sathe raised her bank around the neem tree and an upper floor running north-south. When the northern staircase was laid, he pointed out the cell. Under the staircase facing south is a beautiful niche. In front of it facing north, the devotees sit on the bank. On Thursday and Friday, he who washes the floor with cow dung at sunset and burns incense for a moment, Shri Hari will surely bless him. Listeners may bound in their minds whether this is true or an exaggeration. But these are the words from Sai's mouth which I have heard with my own ears. This is no statement of my own making, I have not the slightest doubt. Those who have personally heard this are still amongst us. Later came Vada, which provided spacious accommodation and in the four-part, four a stone building was also built very shortly thereafter by Sri, uh, Sri Dikshit was already well known for his virtuous deeds and very embodiment of faith and devotion. The seed of his spiritual progress was sown during the sojourn to England. Here the listeners may well ask how instead of the holy places of pilgrimage like Mathura, Kashi or Dwarka could England which was prescribed by the then Hindu custom be the beginning of the spiritual journey and it is quite natural for the listeners to raise the doubts but all my listeners will surely forgive me for this slight digression in answering it which in fact they, are, they will appreciate. Dikshit had already accumulated enough religious merit by the pilgrimages to holy places like Kashi Prayag Kedar, Mathura Vrindavan Dwarkapur etc moreover by his father's virtuousness his own extraordinary good fortune and a desert of the desert of the accumulated merit of the past birth he had the darshan of Sisai. the immediate cause of this darshan was his lameness decreed as it by fate for while in England his foot slipped and resulted in an infirmity of the leg. To all appearances a misfortune. It was really a most auspicious and rare event which led to the association with Sai. It was indeed the fruit of all his good deeds. Dikshit happened to meet Sandorkar, from whom he came to know about Sai's fame. Sandorkar said, You see the marvel of his darshan? Your lameless will disappear immediately. But it was not so much the infirmity of the leg that Dikshit considered to be the deficiency. The real infirmity, he said, is of the mind which he beseeched sigh to remove. What is this human frame but a bag of flesh, bones, blood and skin? A mere cartload of the uh, transient worldly affairs. It mattered little even if the lameness remained in the leg. But in the year 1909 on the second day of November that dikshit for the first time had Sai's sacred darshan. In that same year he then went again to Shirdi in the month of December to have Sai's darshan once again and in this time he really felt that he should stay there for a longer period. At first a thought came into his mind that he should sell some 25 of his company shares to build a shed with the corrugated iron sheets on the roof so that it would also be useful to the pilgrims. But later on, he resolved in his mind to build a wada instead and in this very next day, the foundation stone for it was laid to mark the auspicious beginning of the building work. The day was 9 December. Baba's consent was obtained and taking it as an auspicious sign, the work of laying the foundation stone was accomplished. As luck would have it, Dixit's brother, who would not have come normally even on the invitation, happened to be there already on that very day and at the very auspicious time. Sri Dada Sahib, Khapalade had come to Shirdi alone much earlier and it was in some difficulty over getting Baba's permission to return home. Both of them got Baba's permission, Khapaladeh to go home and Dikshit to lay the foundation stone of the building on the 10th of December. That day is significant from yet another reason. From this very day was started with great love and devotion. Baba Zarthi, before he retired for the night at the saudi. Later in the year 1911, the auspicious occasion of Ram Navmi was availed of for the grahapravesh, and with all the rituals and the ceremonials. Later on, still, butti's wada was built with lavish expenditure, and Baba was laid to rest in his mahasamadhi. So that. So that all the money was well spent. Now, there are three vadas in all, which earlier there were none. But in those early days, it was Satish vada that was more useful to everyone. This Satish vada is important for another reason, too. In the beginning, on the very spot, there is a beautiful flower gar- garden grown by Baba with his own hands. That's called Lendi Bagh, by the way. A small account of this garden will be given in the next chapter. Hemad, with his listeners, was humbly at Sai's feet. Vaman Tathya, the potter, would supply the earthen pitchers and Sri Sai Samad would water the plants, thus raising the garden on the rocky barren soil. Later, Baba just disappeared one day. Afterwards, he met Chand Patil near Aurangabad, and with that marriage party, he returned to Shirdi. Thereafter, he met Devidas, he met Das too, and so also Gangagir. These three some then got together in Shirdi. The incident of Baba's wrestling with din took place afterwards. Baba came to stay at the mosque, he grew fond of Dengale, and gradually other devotees gathered round him. All these stories will be narrated in the next chapter, which can be then listened to attentively. Hemad now prostrates wholeheartedly before Sai, as he seeks refuge at his feet. We will be to all here ends of 4th chapter the Sai Samarth Sakcharita called Descent of Sai Samarth in Shirdi, as inspired by the saints and the virtuous, and is composed by his devotee Hemad Pan. So these places are always there. So you can go and see them whenever you go to Sidri. Um, I just have one small mention for you all. If it is possible for you all to join sharp at 5.30, it will give me time to finish the chapter in time. Because if I take 10 minutes additional for people joining in slowly, slowly, then it becomes difficult to finish the chapter. Otherwise, some more explanations I can give. So is there any question that you have? Then I can answer it. Is there any question? No? Then I will take your leave. You have a very good evening and a good morning to you something. Take care. Alright? Have a good day.